thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so excited to have you with us for Jesus the Healer today. And we know that the Word thrills you. That's why you're watching, because you love the Word. And so we invite you, get your Bible and follow along with us today. We've been teaching on the subject of the mind. And I tell you, it's a vast subject, right? Because we all need to become skillful with having a right thought life. Amen. What is a right thought life? It's a renewed mind. Uh, a mind that takes on the thoughts of the word. And we have, we have been enjoying getting to teach along this line. We've been using as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And Paul was writing to Timothy and he said this. He said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Aren't you glad to know that? Just knowing fear doesn't belong to you. It should be foreign to the child of God. That doesn't mean it won't come but it means that we are to, uh, we're authorized to keep it out. For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but what has he given us? A power of love, and look at this, a sound mind. Because he has given us a sound mind, it's our inheritance in Christ. It's part of our inheritance. Jesus bore a tormented mind so that ours could be sound. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we have to know what is the diet of a sound mind. Well, it's the word, it's the food of the word. And uh, we are authorized that anything that would take us outside of work, uh, outside of peace, outside of joy is to be resisted. It's to be rejected that we are authorized to speak to troubling thoughts. You cannot get rid of thoughts by outthinking them. You have to speak to them. And that's what a sound mind does. It speaks to even wrong thinking. Amen. The Amplified says in describing a sound mind, it says it's calm. It says it's well balanced, that it's disciplined and self-controlled. Listen, that's not describing circumstances. That's describing your mind in circumstances. Because all circumstances are not calm. (laughs) Not all circumstances are balanced. Not all circumstances display uh, discipline, but that is to be our mind in the face of all circumstances. Where others would fall apart, we're anchored. We're anchored. anchored. Why? Because the word is what we're founded on. We're not being led by our emotions. And I tell you what, God gave us our emotions, but not to lead us. That's why we don't let our emotions get in the lead. They are, they, they, they're not qualified to lead. Emotions give color to our life, but they do not lead our life. Amen. And uh, 
anything that is of a negative flow, we're to resist it because it can create negative emotions that people can get entrenched in. And uh, so we're to discipline and control our thought life because that is what, that's how to handle a sound mind. If we uh, allow our mind to be undisciplined and uncontrolled, we will not stay in the flow of a sound mind. And a sound mind belongs to us. So let's protect that sound mind. One of the scriptures that we've been looking at is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. And I love the amplified translation of this. Paul was writing and he says, Not that I am implying that I was in any personal want. He said, For I have learned. I, I, I just never get tired of hearing, reading that I have learned. This wonderful apostle of faith who had a great faith in God, he had learned some things. He had to practice some things. He said, for I have learned how to be content. Now, I want to say this. Whenever the accuser, the, the enemy is the accuser of your life. He starts accusing you of falling short. Say, I'm learning. I am being a doer of the word. Just what Paul did. He says, I learned. And he said, and you, you're authorized to say, I'm learning. I will not take any accusation against my growth process. You know, um, when I was a toddler or when I was in preschool, um, I behaved a certain way. I spoke a certain way, but when I got in high school and all of that, changed because I had learned more. I had grown more. I never looked back at the three-year-old and resented the three-year-old I was. Does that make sense? I didn't look back on myself and turn against my own life. Well, so much of the time, that's what the enemy will accuse us with if things of the past and say, devil, I'm growing past that. You're already talking to somebody who's grown past what you're referring to. I will not turn in upon my own life because of what I did in the past. I'm growing. I'm learning past all of that. Amen. So just keep growing. Just keep learning and stop looking back at what you didn't know or what you didn't do because now we've grown past those misses, those failures, those flaws, those faults. We are growing past them. And that's part of the process. And we should not degrade ourselves in the, in the flow of that process. Now, I'm not saying to be permissive toward wrongdoing. I'm not talking about that. I mean, when we sin, we need to acknowledge it and repent of it. But I'm talking about just the growing process, spiritually growing up. We don't know. We didn't know in the past the things that we're learning today. So we're not going to take the accusations of the enemy against us because of what we have not done or what we have not been. That's just, we're growing past it. Amen. And this is what this apostle said. He said, for I have learned. What's that mean? He grew. He grew. And so he said, for I have learned, and this is what we were to grow to. I've learned how to be content. You need to grow to that. You don't jump into that overnight. You grow to that. I have learned how to be content. And I like the Amplified because it defines for us what, what the context and the content of what it meant when Paul said this. He said, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed 
or disquieted in whatever state I am. No matter what the state, whether it's favorable or unfavorable, whether it's pleasing or whether it's not joyful, whatever the circumstances are, I am authorized to be undisturbed. I'm authorized to not be disquieted. Amen. Amen. This is the behavior and the, th- and the flow of the thinking of a sound mind. Yes. Anytime we're troubled, worried, harassed, mm-hmm. it's because we're listening to the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. We're believing the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, when you know the right thing and you're anchored on it, anything you hear that's in opposition to that doesn't trouble you. Because you don't care. You don't care what that said. You know, if somebody were to say to me, Pastor Nancy, your hair just turned green right now. I don't care what you say to me. I spent too long on my hair today. I know what color my hair is. And anything that's contrary to what I know, I don't care. Talk. You, no matter if somebody just stood there all day and said, your hair just turned green. I, I, I already know. I've dealt with this hair. I know what color it is. I know it's a simplified explanation, but it's the same, it's the same principle. Amen. When the enemy says, you're going to, you're not going to have enough money to pay your bills. Too late. I already know. I already know. I already know God is my provider. Too late. I've already seen him bless me. Too late. I already know something. So that way you're untroubled because you know something and you hold to what you know. Now, if you don't hold to what you know, then you're swayed. And you can be swayed into doubt. You can be swayed into unbelief and into fear and everything else. But uh, we're unswayable. Amen. We get on the word and we say we're unswayable. And you have to learn that. And that's what Paul said. He had to learn that. He said, I had to learn how to be content. He's not talking about being okay with things in his life that were out of place. Because he was sitting in a prison when he wrote this. He wasn't okay and content to be in prison. He was content and okay with, even though he was in prison, that he was untroubled. Amen. 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 Not, he wasn't content with where he was. He was content while he was there. And that's what victory does. That's what the word does. That's victory is I don't care how long I'm here because I'm untroubled by it. I don't care how long it looks like the money's not coming. I refuse to be troubled by that thought. I refuse. You have to, before you go to bed at night, refuse to touch on it while you're laying on that bed. Refuse to wake up in the middle of the night to think about it. Refuse to keep wrong thoughts warm. Don't lay them on your pillow and cover them up with a blanket with you. And keep them warm by turning them over and over and petting them and Amen. Amen. I, I'm so. This is a sound mind. Yeah. This is the way a sound mind operates. It's undisturbed. It's untroubled. And I tell you, I'm having a hard time getting past this verse. I keep teaching it in all the episodes because I love. This is this is to be descriptive of the thought life of the believer. Untroubled, undisturbed. Circumstances can be so troubling, but not us. <laughs> not us. Amen. The way it affects others does not mean that's the way it has to affect us. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we take our cues from how others respond. 
and we start equaling them instead of taking our cues from what we know of the word and of our faith in the word. Amen. Amen. And uh, I just know I have faced a lot of circumstances in the past where others responded differently. But I never felt obligated to respond like someone else. Because they might not have known what I know. Amen. That's true. That's so true. And I, it's not appropriate to respond like you don't know when you know. It's not appropriate to let your flesh just run off the handle. Your mind just run uncontrolled when you know some things. It's appropriate to be a doer of what you know, hold to what you know when all other things are trying to put pressure on you. Amen. 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 And then we've been looking again at Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, Mm -hmm. attend to my words. And Mm -hmm. really what this, we could read this this way. My son, put put your attention Mm -hmm. on my words. Because where your attention goes is what's going to get movement in your life. If your attention is going to be on, I don't have enough money, lack will get movement. If you're going to put your attention and hold it there on symptoms, symptoms will increase. What gets your attention gets movement. Amen. Amen. Don't believe anything more than you believe what God says. Don't believe circumstances more than you believe what God says. Don't believe feelings more than you believe what God says. Don't believe what somebody else said more than you believe what God says. Amen. Don't believe circumstances. Well, Pastor Nancy, they're, they're real. I'm not saying they're not real. I'm just saying God gives you a truth to believe instead of a fact to see. That's right. Amen. You have to learn this. There's the natural realm may show you some things that are facts, but the word shows you what is truth. Truth and facts are two different things. Facts are completely changeable. Our newspapers, our television broadcasts, our news broadcasts, they will report, I say this generously, facts. Yes. It's not all facts, but I'm just saying they portray it as facts. And you read a newspaper today and they'll say, this is what's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. But pick up the, and that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. events are going on or something. Tomorrow you pick up the same newspaper and the facts have changed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And something different is yeah. going on. Yeah. That's the wonderful thing about the word. It's truth. It doesn't need to change because it's true. Yeah. It's always true. So just because circumstances come, it doesn't mean they're not there. Faith is not saying circumstances aren't there. They, it may be a fact that circumstances are there, but truth trumps facts. That's right. That's right. You lay truth on facts, and facts will change every time because facts are all changeable. Truths are not changeable. The only place to find truth is the Word. You don't find it on TV. You don't find it in the, in the news broadcast. You don't find it, you know, uh, in a newspaper. You don't find truth unless they're talking about the Word. Amen. Amen. So we're not saying that circumstances aren't there. And I I want you to know and and clearly understand, faith is not denying that there's something opposing you. 
If you act like it's not there, you're not going to take a proper stand. You know it's there, but you know something greater. You know a greater flow is available to you than what that circumstance is offering you. And so you choose to focus on the truth instead of the fact of the circumstances. Amen. Amen. It may be true, let's say, for example, that your foot hurts. I mean, it may be a fact. I mean, you can feel it. We're not saying, my foot doesn't hurt, my foot doesn't hurt, my foot doesn't hurt. No, my foot doesn't hurt. This isn't Christian science. You know, it, we, we acknowledge, yeah, I can feel that in my foot, but I know the truth. And the truth tells me that Jesus took all my pain. So that's what I'm going to focus on rather than focusing on and giving my attention to the foot that may be hurting. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, it's all about what your attention yes. is on. Yeah. And when you put your attention on the right thing, you're untroubled by what the fact is. Amen. 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 You have to practice yes. that truth means more to you than facts. Yes. You have to practice yes. that. Yes. Why? Then That's what I said. Don't believe anything more than you believe what God says. Yes. Don't believe a fact more than you believe the truth. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And this is what Proverbs 4 verse 20 is telling us. My son, attend to my words. Could we not say this or, or put your attention on my words? Could we not say this? Put your attention on the truth. That means to put your attention on the truth, you have to take your attention off the facts. You have to take your attention off circumstances. You have to take your attention off of what you see and feel because the natural realm presents facts, but God's realm is truth. So you're authorized to focus on another world when this world shows you something you don't like. You're authorized to focus on another world when this world is not in agreement with God's realm. Amen. Praise the Lord. My son, attend to. Put your attention on my words. And then he's going to tell you what it's going to involve for you to do this. Incline your ear to my sayings. It's, you're, going to have, it's going to, you're going to have to decide what yes. you're going to listen to. Yes. Not decide what you hear because you, you're going to hear the threats of the enemy. You're going to hear circumstances talk to you. But you decide, I don't care what they say. Right. I have inclined or I have turned my ear. Mm-hmm. See, so you turn your ear the direction you want to listen. Yes. That's right. You know, there's, there's different things that you can hear in this room right now. I've got a studio audience. I can hear them. I can even hear a slight buzz even in the electrical current in the lights of this room, I can hear that. But I don't have my attention on that. Just because you can hear it surrounding you does not mean your ear has to be there and your attention is staying there. You're in charge of that sound mind. Discipline that thing. Control it. Amen. So to have your attention on the Word, you're going to have to pay attention to what are you turning your ear toward. Amen. And it's not, it's like I said, turning your ear toward God's word is not acting like other things aren't heard. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to give them your attention. Incline yeah. yeah. thine ear unto my sayings. Why is he saying that? Because you're going to have the option to hear something else and you better decide that his words are what's going to get your, li- your ear. Amen. Verse 21, let them not depart from thine eyes. 
that this is going to be your focus. And then keep them in the midst of your heart. So to attend to his word, you're going to have to deal with your ears, your eyes, and your heart. It's going to encompass all of you, a full-out effort toward the word. You can't say you're attending to his words when you're, when you're just sitting and listening to each other over the dinner table talk about the problem. You're not attending to his words because your ears are turned toward the problem instead of toward the truth of what the word says. And I'm not saying you don't, dis- you don't discuss the problem. You're going to have to be aware of what needs my faith. What do, what do I need to apply the word to? See, we're not being negligent and call it faith. That's why some people are afraid to go to the doctor because they're afraid of what they might hear. That's negligence many times. That's not faith. It's in fear they won't go. You know, don't let fear be your deciding factor or what's governing or leading you. Amen. I'm just saying uh, faith is not acting like something does not need the word applied. If something's trying to get out of place, you better get the word on that. And you only know how to get the word on it if you're observant and paying attention. You pay attention to what's trying to get out of place, not so it can keep your attention, but so your word can, so you can take your attention and apply the word to it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Now, we were talking about something that um, we have to be aware of. And that is you can have your attention so on your body. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking about those, uh, those who need healing. You can have your attention so on your body that even though while you're confessing healing scriptures, your attention is on the body. Mm-hmm. That don't work. <laughs> that, don't, that, that dog don't hunt. I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> My dad used to hunt. So... You cannot say that your attention is on the word if our, or, or our faith is on the word when our attention is on our body. Because yes. where your attention is, is where your faith is. Amen. So what your mind is on is what your attention is on. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's what you're attending to. Yes. You understand that? Yes. What your mind is on yeah. is what you're attending to. Yeah. And uh, you pay attention. What is my mind on? What am I allowing myself to think about? And this is why over in Proverbs uh, 4.20, my son, attend to my words. (laughs) What your mind is on is what your attention is on. And what your attention is on is what will gain movement in your life. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Put your attention on that, that the enemy is a defeated foe. You're, you, you need to approach him at every turn on the basis he's already defeated. I'm not trying to win. He is defeated. And I'm approaching him as a defeated one. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, to hold your attention on truth mm-hmm. and off of facts, off of circumstances, mm-hmm. off of feelings, off of pain in your body. One of the best ways to do it is to uh, praise. Mm-hmm. Praise. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Paul, in writing Philippians 4, verse 11, we read it at the first when he said, 
uh, I've learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted mm-hmm. in whatever state I am. Mm-hmm. Later, but, but also in that same chapter, he writes and says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What did he learn? Rejoicing helped him to be content. Amen. Amen. Rejoicing helped him to be untroubled. Rejoicing helped him to be undisturbed because rejoicing holds your attention on the source of truth. Amen. 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 To hold your, to hold this, to hold your attention on the word. Don't praise God thinking about your need. (laughs) Because what many times people are saying, I praise you, I praise you the whole time. They're calculating, I need this amount of money. I need this. Their attention is on their need. But even though their mouth is saying certain words that are correct, you know, their focus is on their need. To praise him, all of you is turned toward him. Uh Amen. Amen. And even if you have to start and it seems like, because you can get rutted to where your attention is so fixed on your need, on your problem, on what you're feeling. And you can be so rutted in that. Sometimes you just have to start praising in faith. Because that will help you draw your mind away from what it's been entrenched in. Yeah. So we have to practice praising God without thinking about the problem. <laughs> but we're thinking about him. Amen. That's a disciplined thought life. That's a controlled thought life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praising God is an assist to your faith. Because it's the voice of faith. It is the voice of faith. And uh, I've been at times when the mind is bombarded, when the mind is harassed. And what would happen, the devil creates all this commotion around your mind because he's trying to draw you up into that arena. Why? He wants to get you away from your faith. Because your your faith is not in in your mind, it's in your heart. Uh, But the renewed mind, uh, you don't believe God with your mind, but the renewed mind agrees with the word. And it can have faith thoughts produced from the spirit. I mean, the the spring place of your faith is your spirit. And your mind can take on faith thoughts. That's renewed thoughts. The thoughts of the renewed mind. But your mind is not the source of faith. So that's why the enemy tries to draw you away from your spirit because he wants to get you out of faith. Amen. Praising holds you connected to your heart and your spirit and out of that mental arena. Amen. So it's an assist to you being untroubled, undisturbed. Amen. We've been teaching out of this book of mine, Living Free From Worry. We invite you. You can get your copy Go to DufresneMinistries.org. Let us know you want that and we'll get that right to you. But until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
Colossians tells us that Jesus spoiled, defeated, and stripped Satan in his total conquest and victory over him. The timeless truths in this book answer it, reveal how to answer every opposition, and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.